welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to Unchurched. My name is Rebecca, and I am your host for the next mm, half an hour or so. Today on Unchurched, we are going to be talking about, oh, forgiving other people. (laughs) Now, we've talked about God's forgiveness towards us, and last week uh, we covered that, or not last week, but last time, we covered that pretty intensely with... uh, episode 24 is that God forgives us and he places our sin as far as the east is from the west and he does that through um through his son Jesus Christ without Jesus Christ without the cross and um Jesus taking our sin and our imperfections and being condemned to die for for our sins that that wouldn't we wouldn't have, um, we wouldn't be able to enjoy in a new life and a new resurrection um, because we happen to, I don't know if you know this or not, but we live in a real world and with real consequences. If I punch somebody, there are real consequences that happen. There's bruises that happen. Somebody says, ow, if I punch hard enough. And I, if, if I'm not, if I punch too hard, um, the person could die. And if I don't punch, if I smart them hard enough, they'll probably punch me back. I mean, th- these are real consequences for real actions that, that we do. Uh, so when you participate in risky behavior, there are real consequences for those sorts of things. Uh, I don't want to qualify what risky behavior is. You can search on the in- internet for risky behavior and the internet will gladly tell you. Um, so basically is that we know that when we... When we go to God looking for forgiveness is that we find that in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being God in the form of man, being all man and all God at the same time, being um, having not having quite the fullness of God, being fully God, but not being um, but wrapped in the, the frailty of humanity. Um, he walked this earth and took our sin and lived perfectly, lived a sinless life, but then took our sin, was condemned because he lived a perfect life, uh, died on the cross, died a most horrible, gruesome death that anybody could ever like have have happen. And then he was, uh, because God is just and because God is good, he wasn't going to let Jesus rot in the grave with our sin. He resurrected him. And through that, now, if it just ended with Jesus dying, we would still be going into the grave because we, there's no, we live in a real world with real consequences. So um, if Jesus just died, we would still be going to the grave and following Jesus into the grave. But um, because Jesus lived perfectly and because God in his infinite grace and mercy decided that it wasn't good enough to leave him there. He, uh, he pulled him and resurrected him, um, out of the grave. And through that, because our sin followed Jesus to the grave, we have the opportunity to live a new life through Christ and through the resurrection of Christ because we our sin goes to the grave but we are resurrected anew with Christ and that's what we have in the promise of God through with our sin and the forgiveness of God and it's amazing it's it's absolutely 100% fantastic now um and it all we need to do to receive it is to believe it 
Now, it's not just believing it because there is a transformation that occurs with God in the middle of there. Because now I'm going to tell a story about a guy. He told me this on Sunday and I have to share it with you. He said, we were having a discussion about something completely unrelated that we're not going to, it's too soon for this show. But um, he said, you know, when I prayed the prayer, this prayer of salvation, I didn't get saved the first time I prayed it. And I was like, what? He's like, no, I didn't. I was like, tell me more, because this is interesting. He said, no. He said, I prayed the prayer. I went home, went to bed, got up the next day, like nothing had changed. And he went, got into his car, sat down, flipped on the radio, and like, uh, a like a pastor came on like it was a religious program which he never listened to but for some reason his um car radio was on that and he just instead of flipping away from that he started listening to it and as he was listening he the guy guy was telling him everything that he'd heard before and um led him in a prayer of salvation and um, through the through radio program, and it was that time that he prayed the prayer of salvation, which happened to be the next day. But he was um, powerfully reborn in the spirit, and um, he knew because he's like there was a definite change. He's like, because you can pray a prayer and not meet Jesus, and uh, just say some words and not meet meet Jesus. But he met Jesus that day, and um, he was he was radically saved by by meeting that. So um, now I'm going to say this because um, there are a lot of people that uh, that will, but you can't, it's not just believing. It's not just doing. It's you must be born again. John 3.16 is very, John 3, the, the entire chapter of John 3, because there's several people out there and I believe that they're, that they, believe that they are saved because they go to church and they do good things and they're following the word of God and they're doing good things and they believe that if they continue on this path that they will be saved. But I'm telling you this, you have to be born again. That something fundamental happens to has to happen inside of your being in order for you to be saved. It's not just saying some prayers. It's not just believing hard enough because you can believe hard enough that the tooth fairy is out there and it doesn't make it any more real. And I mean, and you can believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, but it doesn't make it any more real. But you have to be born again. There's a work of God that has to happen. Now, if if you're going to, there are people, oh, you're going to make people doubt their salvation. No, 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 no. I am not making you doubt your salvation. If what I am saying is ringing true to your ears and to your heart, well, then you're like, yes, that's not doubting. Now, if somebody is listening to this and going, you know what? I, I am missing something. I've been believing this my entire life, but there is something that I am missing. This is it. You're missing the rebirth. And I, I'm, I'm going to ask you to like stop what you're doing and really get down and confess your sins to Christ and saying, God, I don't have that. I need, I need that rebirth. I've tried so hard in my own strength for so long to do good and to be the good person, but I am missing the relationship. I'm missing something and I need it. And I submit myself and I submit all that I am to you. And change me, make me new, do something. I I mean, do that. 
just get on your knees and do that because that is ultimately what you're what you're missing is you're missing the rebirth of the Holy Spirit. Um, all right, so we're gonna get on to the the um, part, the other part of um, unchurched. So, uh, which is um, Matthew, we're going to go to Matthew because we're talking about forgiveness. And so we've been talking about forgiveness, like God forgives us incredibly, right? But how does that translate into forgiving others, which is really important and something that we should do. Um, and, and we know we hear that. And so when, when I've gone to church, um, and I've been to a few churches in it, and I've been to a few Bible studies, and uh, inevitably this comes up, and it's and it's some form of it for, and it's uh, sometimes it's when 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 you're studying the Lord's Prayer, sometimes it's when you're studying parables and other things like that. But in Matthew chapter six, verse. Um, uh, yes, I want to make sure that I'm right here. So yeah, Matthew chapter six, verse, uh, nine through 15, 15. the Lord's prayer is also in, uh, Luke 11, one through four. And I believe there's also, um, something very similar to it in, uh, Mark, although I could be wrong. But I think there is. Um, and I'm not going to look it up right now. Uh, but uh, the Lord's Prayer, it says, uh, So then this is how sh you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, there's some, several of you out there that are like, I know this. I can recite this by the, the you know, in my sleep. Give us, our, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Everyone is familiar with that. A lot of people are. If you've, um, if you've grown up in church, you're definitely familiar with that or variations of that. And if you haven't, you've at least heard it in popular culture at some point. Um, now, one of the things on chat on verse 14 um so chapter 6 verse 14 this is often left off of the the lord's prayer because it's um it's kind of uh an addendum people add it as an addendum and they kind of gloss over it so verse 14 and 15 says for if you forgive men their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their trespasses Neither will your father forgive yours. Now, I have sat in Bible studies where they say, "It what does forgiveness mean? And they say, oh, well, you know, when you forgive another person. Oh, well, it means that you forgive, but you don't have to forget. It means that... Uh, um, that the it becomes this qualifier like all of a sudden it's like they have to repent before i forgive them and there's like there's this huge um there's some vitriol some people get really emotional about this um there's some angry anger that stems up 
And what's so funny when you're talking about forgiveness and people get angry, they start going, no, I don't. I mean, without saying no, it's just, well, that's not how God means it. And so they they give all these qualifiers for why they don't have to forgive someone. But even though they just read, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you. It's almost as if our forgiveness towards other people is contingent upon really understanding God's forgiveness towards us, towards you, towards me. That that big thing that Jesus did with the whole cross and getting resurrected and die, I mean dying and resurrection and all that that our sins being nailed to that cross along with Jesus and that all that, God forgiving us of these huge monstrous sins, that it's almost like our belief and how we view God is, should be, that that idea should be transferred to the people around us by what God wants, how God wants us to act. Now there's another parable. Um, there's a there's a parable that's in also in Matthew where it talks about oh the unforgiving servant. Let me let me uh, look it up here just real quick. I don't have it pulled up, but I quote this all the time about this um, the the parable of the unforgiving servant. Yeah, it's in Matthew chapter eighteen verses twenty one through thirty five. And uh, and Peter comes to uh, Jesus and he says, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother who sins against me? As many as hmm, seven times. And Jesus said to him, not seven times, I tell you, but 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his slaves. As he began settling his accounts, a man who owed 10,000 talents. This is like in a huge amount. It'd be like owing like $100,000 or like a million dollars was brought to him. And because he was not able to repay it, the Lord ordered him to be sold along with his wife, children, and whatever he possessed and repayment to be made. And then the slave threw himself to the ground before him and saying, be patient with me and I will repay you everything. The Lord had compassion on that slave and released him and forgave him the debt because he knew like it's like this guy is not ever in his lifetime going to be able to repay this on his like pitiful. He's a slave. He makes nothing like very little like anything that he gets is already like like he's he doesn't make a whole lot. I mean, it'd be like um, if you had a big, huge, giant company and uh, you're paying like your peons like four dollars an hour. I know that that's not the minimum wage, but like you were you were paying like the delivery boy like four dollars an hour and he worked um, three other jobs and for you. And like he's like your complete slave. And anytime you need him to like deliver a package he gets like pennies for it. And so, and he's got like probably other debts that he's got with other people 
and he's like living paycheck to paycheck, barely, barely able to make rent. Like he's living as a slave because he can't make rent because usually when you have a slave, they live on your property. And so then any money that they bring in, that it goes to you and then you give them, uh, you feed them, clothe them and uh, give them a place to live and maybe a stipend as well. So here's a guy who's got like little stipend. He's like basically serving his master and his, and his masters realizes that this guy, so the guy's like, I will repay you. And the guy, the master's like, oh my gosh, this poor guy is not ever going to be, able to repay me he's got a wife he's got kids so let's say he's like in his 30s even or even his 40s and there's like and he's a slave so he works hard so he's probably got maybe 20 years left on him which means he's not even going to begin to scratch what he owes his master and so his master has compassion on him and says you know what he doesn't he releases him and forgives his debt he like he's like you know what i'm not going to take your stuff i i'm you get to keep your stuff you get to keep your family your your children all that and uh we'll we'll call it you know water under the bridge um but you'll still be my you know you'll still you'll still be my slave and the guy was like yes 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 so he goes out and that same slave founds one of his other fellow slaves and the other slave owes him like a hundred bucks. And so he grabs his friend by the throat and starts to choke him, saying, pay back what you owe me. This is like worse than what the master said. The master says, like, just comes to him and says, hey, I'm going to seize, take all of your stuff and gonna, and uh, I'm going to sell you off and I'm going to be done with you. But this guy is like... He, that's not, this guy, like, is, like, worse than the master. He comes up to the guy that owes him, like, a hundred bucks, shoves his hand around his throat, and he starts to choke him. And he says, pay back what you owe me. I mean, and then his fellow slave threw himself down and begged him, says, be patient with me, and I will repay you. This is the exact same thing that he did with his master, not... Not just, but a few hours ago. And he says, but he refuses. The slave refuses. He says instead he went out and threw him in prison until he repaid the debt. So in this, in that society, like if you owed money to somebody, you, you, you uh, could be thrown into prison. You could throw somebody into prison um, for, <laughs> for, for that until like they paid you back money. Or until you they worked off or like however amount of time being in the prison was equal to the amount of money or whatever. I mean, it was just, it's bad. Like, it'd be like, uh, I'm sure that there are many credit card companies that were that are like, well, if we just throw this person in prison until they give us back, or, you know, instead of paying us back money or work it off in prison, then that'd be fine. I mean, I'm sure that there are because they're quite a few people that do renege on their debts but um yeah so this guy throws him in prison and and then uh until he repays the debt and then the other slaves they see this and they were really upset because they know that this guy had like 
huge debt, right? And was like going to be sold off, was going to lose his family, everything. And the master was just like, you know what? Nah, I'm not, I'm going to forgive you. And um, so this, so the Lord, so the, the master, the Lord, he calls the first slave and he says to him, because he hears this and he's like, and he's like, well, this isn't good. And he's like, evil slave, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have shown mercy to your fellow slave just as I showed it to you? I mean, he just, he showed an incredible amount of mercy over like a million dollars. And this guy shows like just utter grossness over a hundred bucks. And so in anger, the, the, the master turns the slave over to the prison guards to torture him until he repaid all he owed. And in verse 35, it says, So also my heavenly father will do to you if each of you does not forgive your brother from your heart. Who? Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm going to say some things here. And uh, I know people are not going to be happy about it, but I don't care because this is the truth. The Bible, this is, these are the words of Jesus that says, um, so also my heavenly father will do to you if each of you does not forgive your brother from your heart. I wonder how many people are in prison, not literal prison, but a prison of their own making. Um, I, I talked to a person not too long ago who was complaining about who had an incredible amount of unforgiveness in their heart towards the community that they were in, that they're a part of, like just immense, like you can feel the hate coming off of them for these other people. And they, their, their place is away from the, all the other people they are constantly shunned by the other person and they don't live in a very good situation to begin with, but it's worse for them because they harbor an incredible amount of unforgiveness towards this community. And I had the opportunity to say, aren't you kind of, you're kind of in a, I, I, cause I talked about this, this parable with this person and I said, look, don't you think that you've pretty much put yourself in this prison and the only way out of it is to forgive them. And th that was not ultimately, well, they were, they were a little bit upset when I, when I, when I explained to them that they had put themselves in this place and that, um, that cause they were asking, they've been asking God to help them out but they're living in so much unforgiveness that even if God did reach out to them, he's probably going to use the people around him that he has so much unforgiveness to that he can't. He wouldn't receive it at all from the people that he has. He does not want anything to do with because he won't forgive them. Yeah. I know there's somebody out there that needed to hear that because there's people who 
don't understand why they are in the same situation, in the same place, with the same people, or even different people. They go to a different layer, like, no, I got to get up and move and go somewhere else, and I'll start all over, and I'll start new, and it'll be different. And you get to that new place, you get to that new church, you get to that new family, you get to that new thing, and the same problems start happening over and over and over again. It's like you're on a loop. It's like you're experiencing the same things over and over again. Different people, different times, different places, different faces, but the same things. It's like you're in a prison. It's like you're in a loop. And I'm going to tell you, that the word of God tells us what your problem is. And the problem is, is you haven't forgiven completely. It's not contingent on um, like their repentance because how did God forgive us before we even asked for it? Before we, while we were still an enemy of God's, God reached out and forgave us. While we were an enemy of God's, God forgave us. We weren't asking for it. God decided to do it instead in spite of ourselves. And he expects us to forgive the same way that he's forgiven us. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to read another scripture and it's in Ephesians 4. Um, chapter, yes, yeah, chapter 4. Um, Verse, I'm going to start with verse 25. Um, it says, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not le let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but let rather let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to, to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's Ephesians 4. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, all, all of those things stem from unforgiveness. Unforgiveness not recognizing that God forgave you. But he didn't just forgive you. For God so loved the world. Because it doesn't say for God so loved you and you alone. It says 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is how we are to approach forgiveness towards one another. We are to forgive each other. We are to let go of the bitterness. To let go of the wrath. To let go of the anger. Let go of the evil speaking. So if you forgive somebody, you're not going to speak evil about them anymore. If you forgive them, you're not going to be anger. You're not going to allow that anger to well up in you anymore. It says um, in verse 26, it says, be angry and do not sin. You can be anger, but do not let the sun go down on your wrath. By the end of the day, you should forgive them. That's the only way that you get rid of that anger and that you get rid of that wrath. And if you, <laughs> otherwise, if you sit on it, it's going to, it's going to grow roots and it's going to go deep and it's going to be harder. See, what we don't know is that unforgiveness doesn't just touch us. When we harbor unforgiveness towards other people, that anger, then that unforgiveness, then touches the other people around us. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just angry at this person over here um, for doing that one thing. And it doesn't affect everybody else. But it does. Because anytime that anybody looks like that one person, anybody acts like that one person, anybody says anything that sounds similar to that one person, laughs like that one person, um, does anything that is remotely similar to that other person, you are going to automatically put them in that box with that other person that you have unforgiveness with. <coughs> if you put enough people in those boxes... And then you may even start unforgiving that, like being un have harboring unforgiveness towards other people that are similar. Before you know it, you stop interacting with people. You stop collaborating with people. You stop connecting with people. You start stop loving them like God loves them. You begin separation. You begin gossip. You begin doing um, all sorts of other things. And I believe that that's not what God wants from for us from the community of Christ. I believe that God wants us to forgive each other openly and readily. And I believe that that's what God wants us to do. Well, what if somebody does it again? How many times are you supposed to forgive them? Seven times? Seven, again and again. Now, if a person continually sins against you, you may have to um, have, I mean, you, you, it doesn't mean, unforgiveness does not mean that if uh, somebody steals, if somebody takes your car and goes and wrecks it, it doesn't mean that you're going to hand them your next car. Unless, I mean, unless God, unless you really feel God saying hand them the, this car this time. I mean, you, it, it takes discernment. It takes wisdom 
Loving people does not mean allowing them to run ramshot over you. Now, it does say that if somebody needs help, you know, wants you to walk with them a mile, you go, you walk two miles with them. If somebody needs from you a shirt, you also give them your coat because, you know, you know where these things come from. If we understand and realize that the things that we have are not ours, but they come from God and that God is the one who initially supplied them, he will return them. I had, I had a friend who needed, um, uh, oh, what are they? The, um, uh, rags, like cleaning rags. And I had like a plethora of them and they were really good cleaning rags. And I was like, uh, and so I opened up my, and she's like, oh yeah, I do need some. And I was like, well, here, go ahead and take some, um, take as many as you need. She ended up taking over half of them. And I just, and I felt like as I watched her and as I watched my stuff go, that I was like, oh, I, my, uh, uh, she's taking the best ones out of there. And I felt like I just really needed to hold my tongue. And I really just needed to just just let her choose. Well, as I was folding my laundry today, I realized I have better rags than the ones that I gave away. And that I got them on cheaply on sale. And that they were available on sale until a point where I had more than um, replenished my my rag supply. And I was like, how good is God that way? Is that, and I haven't seen those rags since because I was just like, they're, they're like washcloths and they got like little nubbly things on them. And they're really good and they're thick and they're pure cotton. And like, they're better than the ones that I had. And I, I can't help but think how good is God that something that I thought that I would never have again, somebody he provided in a roundabout sort of way. Um, and I, he provided the means and the, the way to get them. And so, um, I could be angry with her, but I have no need to be angry with her because, uh, I just decided in that moment to forgive her for being greedy and uh, and I allowed her to be continue to be greedy because I did give them, you know, I did offer them up to her and I said, take as many as you need, which apparently she needed more than um, I thought she did. And um, but it was OK because I my supply ended up being God replenished with better stuff. So, um, (laughs) I, I mean, I really have nothing to complain about at all. It was just like, I I was thinking about that today and I hadn't even thought about it for, I, until today, like, oh, that's right. Cause I remember being sad cause I really like my cleaning rings (laughs) and I just decided in that moment to let it go. But, um, I, I, I find that, that God does take care of things, not, necessarily in the way that we think they do but if uh, but because I forgave her I forgot about the whole instance and I forgot that that but God showed me how he had refilled it like he brought the whole thing and I think it was for the purpose of this moment here on this show to illustrate that it's it's not a big deal even even over the little things now I do know that there are bigger things that um we do forgive and need to forgive and that uh they're tough, but if we believe that Jesus Christ covered all sin, we believe that he covered that sin too, and that we can forgive it 
trusting that God will make it right, that God will do justice, that God will either wash away that sin or that justice will come about or both. I mean, wouldn't the best thing is that if somebody had committed a horrible and terrible sin towards you, that they had, that they became, that that they became cleansed by Christ? I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal is that everyone, I mean, it, it would be that everyone comes to know Christ. We know that that won't happen because the Bible does say that, but I believe that that is God's hope that everyone would, but the reality is, is that um, that doesn't always happen. So um, it is important to forgive people. Uh, and it's important to trust that God will take care of us, that he will take care of things and everything, and that it will work out just fine if we trust him with all the particulars and leaving up the wrath and taking care of judgment to him. <laughs> instead of ourselves, because there's really, truly no one more righteous. There's no one more, more equipped or knows the fullness of all instances involved better than Jesus Christ himself. So for that reason, I, I do believe that um, we should not qualify forgiveness, that we should fully forgive people. And Submit the things that we do and our stuff to God and take his recommendation as how we should steward it um, in the best way that in the best way that uh, he knows how. Um, so, I mean, for some people that may sound, well, I'm not going to ask God what to do with this piece of paper, every single little piece of paper that I have. Well, that's between you and God. But um, if you don't want to be taken advantage of um, and have to forgive people over and over and over again for the same thing, maybe uh, maybe say, maybe having a chat with God about your stuff and how to steward it and where to steward it to will be and your money and all that. And God will direct you and it'll be fine. Now. All right, so I, I know that this is kind of a long episode, a little bit longer episode today, but that's okay. Um, yeah, so basically uh, forgiveness isn't overnight. It is a choice. Um, I've spent a lot of time in working through forgiveness uh, with people. It's not an easy thing. I There are people that, that I recognized early on in my youth that had hurt me deeply and that I was applying similar attitudes that uh, to people I just met with, um, with that one person. And, and I knew that it wasn't fair to them, that it wasn't fair to apply those same traits to somebody I didn't even know. And so I, I realized very quickly that I needed to spend some time forgiving, um, several people in my life. And so, and it was hard because I didn't want to, because it was, I mean, it, there's a comfort in holding on to the anger and the bitterness. And it, you know, it's, it's easy to sit there and go, oh, these people wronged me. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And it, and it's terrible, but forgiveness is great, greater than that. And 
being able to do that means that you can walk up to them later on in life and be okay with it and hope that Jesus Christ um, changes their lives for the better. Alrighty. So thank you so much for listening to this episode uh, about forgiveness and we will probably talk about <laughs> um, forgiveness again next week because, you know, why not? <laughs> um, I'm not exactly sure. I think it, we'll probably do um, a couple more on forgiveness. Uh, I We could spend, if we just spent the rest of every day just focusing on forgiveness and forgiving people, um, forgiving people that have wronged us, forgiving politicians that have wronged us, wronged our country. Um, oh yeah, let's go there. <laughs> um, then I think we would definitely have a better society and a healthier church as a whole. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, if you'd like to send me an email, you can at talk to me at unchurch.net and, um, yeah, bye-bye.